You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another week on Locked on Browns. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, on Twitter, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show, at Locked on Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. You guys know the drill. The best way to get in touch with me, you guys can have as much influence in this show as you want. As I always say, as much as you guys are here for me, I try to be there for you. Your Monday episode of Locked on Browns is brought to you by Built Bar. Head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, at BuiltBar.com. The Browns had their rookie mini camp this weekend. Uh, all across the NFL, you know, this is off-season activities, something that you know nobody in the NFL last year was able to get to, uh, of course, other than training camp. So a little bit different this year. And, I mean, if you look at it, very different this year across the NFL. For God's sakes, the Detroit Lions didn't even have a quarterback at their rookie minicamp, uh, the Browns did have two tryout players in at the quarterback position, allowing them to at least you know do some things, accomplish some things, work with the wide receivers, work with the running backs, you know, incorporate those phases. Um, this was probably more of a you know just trying to coaches understand the rookies, understand their practice habits, you know, the way guys maneuver on the field, you know, what drills, you know, what things they need work on, some things that maybe they're going to do. Uh, at practice with the Cleveland Browns that maybe these players did not do at whatever respective college they are coming from. Uh, but we heard some good things. Obviously got to listen to a bunch of the rookies, you know, Jeremiah, Wusu, Koromoa, uh, you know, with this line of, you know, the attention to detail in describing this staff and the way the Browns are currently run. Certainly that was something obviously that caught everybody's eye, got everybody jazzed and excited. A um, whole bunch of new Jersey numbers assigned. And look, I've always been a Jersey number guy. Um, when I was a kid, I had everybody mem- memorized, regardless of the sport. You know, as I get a little older, the memory fades a little bit. Uh, we're going to go through those. We're going to give a little grading on these jersey numbers for now. Uh, again, uh, Spotify, obviously the brand new Odyssey app, working fantastically. The iTunes struggles are still there as far as getting to Locked On Browns. Appreciate everybody who's made the switch to those apps in the meantime, we are now physically speaking with folks over at Apple as opposed to just corresponding through email. So hopefully the issue will be resolved soon. But I mean, we're going on almost a month here. So yes, as frustrating as it is for me, I understand how frustrating it is for how many listeners can't get to it. And I am still getting tweets to this point about, you know, where is it? You know, is the show dead? Is, you know, and it's frustrating. And the other thing is, is not everybody who listens to Locked On Browns essentially uses social media. So there's not really a way to communicate with everybody. So it certainly makes it difficult. So as I mentioned, uh, you know, Greg Newsom, first round pick, uh, jersey number 20, solid number, solid corner, solid cornerback number. No issues there whatsoever. So Greg Newsom with a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Jeremiah Wusu koromoa listed as a linebacker wearing jersey number 28. As we said, he is going to be a hybrid. Um, Jersey number 28 after a single digit of, you know, number six at Notre Dame. A lot of people ask questions of, you know, Browns rookies, you know, uh, will they choose the single digits? I think with the way the Browns are going now, I don't think any of these rookies wanted to come in, pick a single digit and essentially be cocky 
and show off. So I think that's the reason that the Browns rookies strayed away from going that route. Anthony Schwartz, number 10. Um, you think about who currently is viewed as the fastest player in the NFL and Tyree Kill. Anthony Schwartz, you know, he's had his, you know, Twitter um, exchanges with Tyree Kill about, you know, actually, you know, having a foot race. Um, so obviously Anthony Schwartz, you know, Tyree Kill is probably a player he looks up to. Jersey number 10. Big James Hudson III, who had a birthday over the weekend. Happy birthday to Mr. Hudson. Uh, number 66, Tommy Togiai has chosen jersey number 93, uh, Sheldon Richardson's old jersey. Um, you know, as much as I thought there would be, you know, a you know reuniting with Sheldon Richardson, I just do not see a, pos- a possibility for it in the cards now with the moves and the emphasis the Browns have made on bringing in other defensive tackles. Tony Fields, obviously listed as linebacker as well, number 42. Carl Joseph's own number, the jersey number of the recovery of the fumble in the end zone, starting the beat down in Pittsburgh uh, in the Browns' big playoff victory in Heinz Field. Richard LeCount, there was a lot of speculation about him choosing jersey number 29. He is actually number 39 as of now. Um, jersey number two obviously does belong to Cody Parkey. Demetric Felton, um, there was questions whether or not he would get a wide receiver number because uh, he can do both. He will wear jersey number 25 for now. Your undrafted rookie class, Marvin Wilson, defensive tackle, jersey number 65. That's a stinker. Um, Marvin makes this team. We're going to have to get him a much, much better number. Um, Romeo McKnight, defensive end, number 47. I mean, 57, eh, not too bad, but Romeo McKnight has a long, long way up, uh, ahead of him. Uh, Keandre Thompson, defensive back, 47. Um, when you're one of the last guys on a 90-man roster, you get what you get. But 47, a snoozer of a number as well. Trey Harbison the third, running back, 37. Not good. At all, not a good number. Emmanuel uh, Rugomba, defensive back, number thirty-seven. Look, thirty-seven doesn't work anyway, anyhow, in a football landscape. But of course, best of luck to these players. Uh, you know when they do finally hit camp in August. Um, some players who were here, their jersey numbers changed. Curtis uh, Weaver is now number fifty-one. Was sixty-one, fifty-nine, a much better-looking number. Curtis Weaver wore in the fifties at. Boise State. Uh, John Kelly, running back, uh, 49. Terrible, terrible running back number. No way around it. And, of course, John Kelly has a long way to go. Malik McDowell at defensive tackle, currently wearing 58 jersey number. Um, We'll see. There wasn't much speak about Malik McDowell's weekend as he was at rookie tryout camp. We'll see how that goes. Jordan Elliott, who was wearing 90. um, Obviously, you know, some sort of switch um, they don't know what the exchange was, but Jadavian Clowney uh, for jersey number 90, which will put Jordan Elliott in number 96 as of now. And Port Augustine will now be wearing jersey number f- 94 as he has given up 97 to veteran Malik Jackson, who was signed. Malik Jackson's worn 97 all throughout his career to this point. We're going to sit down here with Pete Smith a little bit. We're going to do a running back review. We're going to start looking around the AFC North as to where those rosters are post-draft. More coming here on the latest Locked On Browns with your host, Jeff Lloyd. Hey, Cleveland Browns fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, text DRAFT to 231 231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. 
Plus, text now, and they'll include a bottle of Nugenix Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231-231. That's DRAFT, all caps, to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. Nugenix Total T is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. And like the ad says, she'll like it too. If you're over 40, don't let age get in the way. Get your edge back with Nugenix. There's a reason. Nugenix has been the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC for years. It works. Stonks, memes, rocket ships. Day trading can be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wellfront instead. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wellfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diverse, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preference you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% adversary fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on NFL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed free for life, go to Wealth front.com slash locked on on that is w-e-l-t-h-f-r-o-n-t.com slash locked on fl to start your growing savings go to wealthfront.com slash locked on nfl and get started today and as i mentioned we're going to sit down now with pete smith we just discussed earlier i gave you you know the highlights of you know the rookie mini camp and again a little bit you know diverse this year as from what we're you know, used to, again, rookie minicamps, none of that stuff existed last year. Uh, the NFL slowly starting to phase back in these off-season activities. Uh, we're going to start here with Pete, and we're going to talk um, about the running back positional room, the state of the running back group. Uh, you know, we all know where, obviously, the headline is, and the question is going to be about, you know, how the rest of this room, you know, kind of shakes out again. Pete from Sports Illustrated's Browns Eye, just make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore. This group is obviously headlined by you know, one of the game's best, and I, you know, I have no problem saying that. And, you know, and I know there's plenty of people who want to say that Nick Chubb is probably, if not one of the best running back in the NFL as far as physically running the ball. There's other, you know, running backs who maybe offer a little bit more, you know, diversity in their games as far as what they can bring, you know, to the passing game. Um, but and then of course, you know, Kareem Hunt now here, who is here for this season, and obviously. You know, next season as well. Certainly, that's where he stands now, contractually wise. Uh, you know, the rookie Demetrius Felton was brought in, uh, but we'll start here at the top. With, you know, with the headliner, and Pete, 
we don't need to. And obviously we've discussed our thoughts on this, you know, with Nick and, you know, where he could be possibly with the future of this franchise or possibly somewhere else. But you, we've criticized John Dorsey a lot over the years. And of course, John's no longer here now part of the Detroit lions. But if there was you know one pick that, you know, outside of, you know, Baker Mayfield and Denzel Ward that he absolutely just, you know, hit a absolute crushed in Pete. I know one of your favorite gifts that exists is the Daryl strawberry hitting one 450 yards in the Simpsons episode, but this probably exists there. Um, it's not just the talented player that he is on the field. It's the guy he is off the field. It's the guy he is within the locker room. And, you know, I know leader and things of these natures are things people want to talk about with these players, but Nick Chubb is pretty much, if you wanted to have, and this is where it's, he, he would fit old school NFL wise, new school NFL wise. Nick Chubb is everything you could possibly ask for. And then even a little bit more. It, he's truly a, a dream player to have at a premium position. Yeah, he uh, he's the uh, he was the MVP of the offense last year. Uh, he, you know, I think in a perfect world, you're hoping it sort of shifts more to Baker Mayfield this year. But he's just that good. Uh, he's a tone setter. He's a guy that. Uh, has improved every year he's been in the league. He adds a little more. Uh, he continues to add to his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and, and add in that element. I mean, when he's healthy, uh, he played 12 games last year. He had 1,000 yards, and he had 12 touchdowns. I mean, he, he's just an outstanding player. And obviously the Browns are, are fortunate that they have – both a great back and a great offensive line. So they, they've been able to take full advantage uh, of, of that combination, which sets up everything else in their offense. So, I mean, the Browns are going to have to make a, it, it may not be a difficult decision for them, but it is a difficult decision relative to where sort of conventional thinking goes in terms of football with him. And just a special talent. And the thing I go to is, you know, whether it was the Philadelphia game, whether it was the Houston game, and it's not just that, you know, Nick is this special player, the ability to take it to the house at any given time. You know, you need, you know, essentially the closer. And, you know, in those situations, asked upon him and was able to get it done. And you, you go to the Houston game, and look, nobody would have given a damn if he decided to take that ball the extra yard, go into the end zone. Um, if anybody earns it, um, it's Nick Chubb. If there's anybody that didn't have to sacrifice for the team, it's Nick Chubb because he does it on every single in every single game on every single play. But it just shows you the cut of the cloth that this guy is. And there aren't many running backs in the NFL that are ever, ever going to do something like that. Kareem Hunt. Now this is going to be year three here, Pete. Um, and facts are facts. You know, Yes, some of the offensive line was missing, coincided with when Nick Chubb went down. But Kareem, you know, the yards per carry were down without Nick Chubb. You know, the receiving aspect led the NFL with five receiving touchdowns out of the backfield. It's he brings some certain things, obviously that Nick doesn't. Certainly can you know aid a little bit more in you know route running, a little bit better route runner. Although Nick keeps improving year in year out, always something to you know you know, refine his craft, so to speak. But with Kareem and, and the thoughts of, 
if not, something does not get done with Nick Chubb and you look into 2022, you know, is it, you know, uh, are you in good enough hands with just Kareem Hunt? And it's certainly at this point, you know, something you would seriously have to give some consideration to, although the addition itself has provided the Browns with a great, great situation to have with two solid running backs and they're, and they're able to contribute, you know, totally fully within the offense, within Kevin Stefanski's vision. And now Kareem Hunt headed now into year three here with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, yeah, Kareem Hunt, if you just watch his highlights, he's great. Um, the problem is if you watch the whole thing, he's, he's frustrating. He can do some things really, really well. He's great as a pass catcher, uh, because when he has the ball in his hands, he he's, and, and you don't have to ask him to find a hole. He just sees a, a man and makes the miss or sees one block. He reads that well. Uh, when he has to find the hole for himself, mm-hmm. it can be really hit or miss, and it can be really frustrating. Uh, I mean, you look at the difference. Uh, because of Nick Chubb missing the, the four games he did, uh, Nick Chubb had 190 attempts. Kareem Hunt had 198 attempts. Uh, Kareem, Kareem Hunt had you know, 841 yards, Nick Chubb had 1,067 yards. I mean, it's the difference between 5.6 and 4.2 yards per carry. That's substantial drop-off considering the line is not, you know, the line is consistent. So that part is very frustrating. Um, You you know, the Browns are all about options, so they've given themselves options. If they want to keep Chubb, they can theoretically move on from Kareem Hunt. If they don't feel like it's going to happen with Chubb, they can keep Hunt and go from there. I mean, if you want to sort of try to read the writing on the wall and say that, you know, as much as you can with a sixth round pick, you might come away with the impression that Demetric Felton is more in line with potentially replacing the things Kareem Hunt does than Chubb does. But that requires him to, to hit the ground running and be good uh, right out of the gate. And, and first and foremost, he has to beat Dearness Johnson out for a job, which maybe easier said than done. Uh, so nothing's really set in stone on this. I think most people think the Browns want to get a deal done with Chubb uh, in some form of extension. What, what what that looks like remains to be seen. But if they do, it's really difficult to keep both because um, Chubb is making, or uh, Hunt is making about $6 million a year. Now, the good news is it, like none of it's guaranteed. The entire thing is tradable as part of, you know, sort of a, a fail safe in case he does something off the field uh, that would require them to move on. But it, it, it does make them tradable, not unlike when they had Duke Johnson. It's sort of the exact same deal. And I think you could get, I don't know if you get as much as Duke Johnson brought just by virtue of the fact that that was a very good trade, uh, but uh, you could get something from him for him perhaps a player perhaps a pick that uh would allow you to sort of reduce the money that's in the running back room because you as much as you know paying chubb is a is a sizable investment in the running back room you paying chubb and hunt is is a difficult uh dance to pull off yeah i mean you know then you're talking you know somewhere close to just between two of them uh with you know kareem at 6.5 you're gonna figure nick is you know somewhere I mean, I would say maybe flourish 
10. So you're talking almost $17 million between two running backs. Certainly not something that, you know, lines up analytic wise, but certainly something that just doesn't line up, you know, under any scope of how you're spending money at the running back position in 2021. The battle will be, and it's going to be interesting because uh, Dearness Johnson obviously has experience returning kicks. The Browns have spoken about Demetri Felton possibly as a strong candidate to be returning kicks. Dearness Johnson showed well as a running back in a limited opportunity in some aspects. Uh, Demetri Felton certainly comes in, obviously, with a receiver background as well. Um, and watching him you know, run routes in his tape from UCLA. And if you guys didn't check it out, Sam Penix put up a uh, great thread last night of Demetri Felton and his, you know, his highlights you know, from his days at UCLA. This is going to be a great, great battle. And you know, look, everybody likes Dearness Johnson. He was able to contribute as a returner last year when called upon as well. But if with this offense and the fact that they, you know, basically never want, you know, their basically their hold cards tipped at the snap, you really, really think that this is going to be a tough battle for Dearness Johnson just because Demetric Felton, Felton can do other things within the offense and the fact that he comes in, Pete, and right off the bat, he is probably the smoothest route runner out of the backfield in that running back room. Right. Um, it's not impossible that they could keep both, uh, but it's obviously really unlikely. Basically, you'd likely need somebody to get hurt uh, in the receiver room, or they just, you know, Demetric Felton is such a revelation that they decide to keep him over a guy like, Kadero Hodge, who still hasn't signed his his uh, restricted tender, tender. Um, but uh, you know, Dearness Johnson was always like a pleasant surprise as a running back. He only had thirty three carries, but he averaged five yards a carry, and he had three explosive plays, uh, which is as many as Kareem Hunt had last year. I mean that that right there is not great for Kareem Hunt. Uh, that's that's sort of a thing that sort of he leaves a lot to be desired. Chubb had twelve, Cream had three, and and Johnson had three. Uh, so he does some things that are really nice. I think um, he Dearness Johnson, in addition to just holding serve as the kick returner, um, he also needs to get better as a as a receiver out of the backfield, and he did catch. Uh, three of the four passes he was targeted with, uh, but obviously he he didn't do enough to sort of you know to 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 get more attention there. So Demetri Felton uh, can potentially line up as a slot receiver or out wide or some of those things that they do with Cream Hunt. Uh, he can, but you know, and he will block with whatever little you know whatever he's got, but. You know, wherever you line him up, backfield, wherever, he's probably there to go catch passes. And he can run the ball a little bit, but uh, you line him up because he's a receiving option. And and he's good enough and smooth enough with his hands that he can open up some things. So if you're just running, like, flares and swing routes out to him, that may open up the middle of the field a little bit. Uh, and, and you have guys that run two-yard routes uh, that, that that might open up. Uh, and you do have – tight ends that might benefit a little further down the field. And those things could really sync up well. You know, I, I, I plotted Kevin Stefanski last year for things I wish maybe we they would have done more. 
the Ra- the Ravens game that the 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 you know the the shootout basically finding the the crease in the defense was lining up Kareem Hunt so he had single single coverage uh and taking advantage of that when receivers were having uh trouble creating separation and that sort of opened things up for them uh so if Demetric Felton can give you those type of things and he can prove that size is not an issue he can be a really interesting versatile player that can contribute to both things uh obviously i think in addition to seeing if he can sort of translate as far as a kick returner in the nfl i I think they're going to have to see if he can catch punts because kick returner in the nfl is not quite obsolete but it's borderline obsolete so close (laughs) yeah i mean it really returning anymore is punt return and he didn't do that in college so you know, if he if he's coming in and his big selling point is kick returner, that's a tough spot to be in. So he's got to show more things. And that's part of what his, his attraction, obviously, uh, you know, he, he talked about the conference call that he, he had a little bit of a, a vibe or something with with Coach Briefer. So we'll see. I mean, I, to me, I thought that's what a big part of minicamp was going to be. That certainly seems like it was a big part of minicamp. So that's going to be a big deal. Some, somebody's going to make the roster purely on special teams. Is it, is it going to, is that going to be sort of the determining factor between Dearness Johnson and Demetri Felton? Maybe. Uh, so that's, that's a good battle to have. Uh, it's an interesting setup because they both offer speed. Uh, Dearness Johnson's a little bigger uh, and he's got a little bit more of a proven track record, at least running against the NFL. Again, 33 carries, but they're pretty good. So it's it's going to be a fun battle. And and as long as everybody else stays healthy, it's probably going to be one of those guys coming out of camp. Uh, the thing with you know Felton is Felton gives you some of that James White aspect. Certainly could be addition to the Harry up offense. Uh, you know, in you know, like you're going gun, you're going. Well, I don't want to say four wide, obviously, because the Browns love their tight ends. Uh, but you got four receivers, five receivers, tight ends, whatever you're going to make of it. Um, and of course, like you said, the flares, the dump offs, you know, to a player like Felton um, in the fact that, you know, and Dearness Johnson, it was a great feel good story from where he was to where he is now. It's great. But the Browns are getting to the point where maybe feel good stories. They just don't really have the room for him anymore. Um, and it's not a knock on Dearness. And he'll probably he'll certainly find work somewhere else within the NFL. But that's probably. And look, when we're talking about who's going to make the roster as the third running back, um, that's man, it's a great, great problem to have. We're going to get back here in a second. We're going to talk a little Cincinnati Bengals, you know, where that ship is maybe headed. We'll see uh, more here on the latest Locked On Browns as Pete Smith jumps on here for a couple segments. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs through the playoffs. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Pete, the Cincinnati Bengals. We knew what they were going to do draft-wise uh, with pick number one overall, obviously, and they just went ahead and did it anyway. 
Um, again, though, I think they had a little bit more surprising free agent run than we've grown accustomed to for Cincinnati. Uh, I see, you know, bagging Trey Hendrickson was a really, really nice get. Granted, you played him, paid him a ton, ton, ton of money. Uh, you know, we both feel, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers is, you know, something that is just kind of maybe fading away right now. The current state of the Bengals as they head towards 2021. And is it a possibility that the Cincinnati Bengals are not the fourth place team in the AFC North in 2021? Mm, no, they're going to be bad. Um, <laughs> the, the thing with the Bengals is one, they have a really bad head coach. I, I, I don't see any hope. They're going to, they're going to realize this year that that's an absolute mistake and it, it's, they cannot go on with it anymore. They're, they're, uh, their draft, I, I don't agree with their draft philosophically. Uh, obviously, I, I, I would have taken Penny Sewell over Jamar Chase, and that's nothing against Jamar Chase. It has everything to do with the Bengals. Uh, you, you track their history. Um, their franchise is defined by quarterback injury uh, from Greg Cook to Carson Palmer to now Burrow. Uh and Greg Cook wasn't a you know a lack of offensive line protection. It was his his shoulder. Uh, his, you know the Bengals when they went to the Super Bowl they had Anthony Munoz. Um, so I mean that's sort of the the, the difference in their history. It's pretty pretty eye popping. The other part is they just have not proven to be able to develop anything offensive line wise. Um, they have an ugly track record on this front from uh, Cedric Oboye, Jake Fisher, uh, you know, what's his uh, price from Ohio mm -hmm. state um, Bodine, you know, there's any number of these guys who just don't work. So you, you don't take Penny Sewell fine. Maybe you can get your Joel Batonio in the second round. But they trade down too far, in my opinion, and they missed out on better players. And then they take what I what I think is a developmental project in Jackson Carmen, and you know, I, I, I they they go from there. I like Deontay Smith. Trey Hill is he's a body, but I but my whole thing comes down to this: the Bengals' season is almost entirely dependent on Frank Pollock, the offensive line coach. And I have no reason to bet on that. Uh, and, and beyond the, you know, the, the whole aspect of what if somebody gets hurt or something along those lines. Like, I think if you put, if you took Penny Solem, even if you just put him at guard for a year or whatever, you know, maybe he's Quentin Nelson uh, type impact for you for a year. I just think that would have done so much for your team. And we're back to this thing where Joe Burrow has played one season. He's had one major knee injury, and we're sort of like hoping that we can get enough out of the line again. And to me, that's reckless. To me, that's irresponsible. And and maybe they could make it work, but uh, I, it's just I disagree with it. And and you know, again, we'll see how it works out. They could end up being right, but you know, as as I see it, I I. I I don't think the Bengals will fire Zach Taylor midseason, but um, they're not going to pay him not to work. That's not the way the Bengals operate. 
Right. Like, because if they were sort of more of a, a typical franchise, I, I would, I would, I would be pretty confident that, that that week week eighteen game would have somebody else as the interim head coach. Um, so, I, I I think the Bengals are, are are getting better in terms of talent. Obviously, I love Joseph Asai. Uh, I think he's going to be really really good for them. Uh, they they got some players I like. I just I think they they get they got too cute for their own good i think they could have done something along the lines of getting uh you know penny sewell and, and taking a guy like you know even double up on the offensive line they you know they could have taken a guy like creed humphrey or whatever in the second round if they but, had adopted more of what the detroit lions did you maybe would have understand it where the you know where this vision is headed it's all about number nine but if if you're saying you know what? If we're talking about a draft where they go and get Penny Sewell and they come back in the second round and they take Rondale Moore or they take, you know, they move. I, I don't remember if they were in position. I think the Jets were ahead of them, or maybe they weren't. Uh, to take Elijah Moore, like that would be a home run draft. But now, you know, and Jamar Chase may be great, and they have a really nice set of receivers, and the Browns and the rest of this division will have to find a way to stop them. But You've got Jonah Williams, who I, I would say about 80% of the time is pretty good. And then that 20%, he doesn't just miss. He whiffs. Uh, Riley Reef should be fine. And you've got three guys in the middle that are all question marks. And you're facing a division where you have to find a way to block uh, you know, Malik Jackson, who, who hit your quarterback four times last year, now on the Browns. You have Jadevian Clowney. You have Miles Garrett, who you know, already, already knows what Joe Burrow tastes like. You have Tack McKinley, you have all these guys on the, just on the Browns. Let's, you know, forget about Cam finding Hayward, a TJ Watt, Cameron Hayward and, and, and Stefan to And then you get to the Ravens who, who, who still have, you know, Clayus Campbell and, and some of the guys they have there, but now, you know, they, they're predicated on just covering and sending more than you have. And now you've got a guy like, Adolfe Owe, who who's perfect for that because even if he's not a polished pass rusher, he's almost 260 pounds and he's that fast. So if they've just got more than you, that's a big problem. So you 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 play six games against those guys, and you know in, in that respect you say well, you have to beat your division. Well, your division is going to beat you up if you don't protect your quarterback and potentially take him out again. So that's where it becomes really difficult for me. Yeah, it, if, uh, look, I don't know. And I think a lot of this is going to come down to, you know, if Pittsburgh starts off slow, you know, where, you know, are they going to be able to, you know, find and and fight and claw? If they start off slow, I, I don't know. I, I think there could be a weird chance that somehow, some way, they end up in the cellar and, you know, the Bengals squeak together a seven and it feels so weird to say that a seven and 10 season. Um, yeah, Pittsburgh, I don't know. It could be a situation where maybe they win six games, you know, they win six games or less. Uh, I just, you know, I, I know we'll get to Pittsburgh at another time. Um, but yeah. And I think the other thing with Cincinnati is, is they're going to realize that this coach, uh, may not be ready for the quarterback that they have given him or the fact that they, you know, now it's been two years, um, with Joe Burrow and maybe they feel that, you know, Zach Taylor is just not, you know, worthy of what they feel maybe Joe Burrow is or certainly what they think Joe Burrow 
could be in the NFL. Of course, Pete Smith from Browns Digest on SI.com. Pete and the team working their tails off over there. Uh, I get a couple podcasts a week from Pete on SI.com with Sean Stevenson. And of course, with our um, good friend, Nicole Chatham. So make sure you're checking all of that out. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore myself at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show at Locked On Browns. Again, iTunes. Um, we are now in physical conversations. So I, hopefully, hopefully any day now that's up and rectified. And it feels weird to say this because anybody hearing this has obviously already made the switch to either Spotify or Odyssey, and it's, you know, obviously not everybody uses special media, so uh, social media, so they're not aware of the issues with iTunes. I apologize for it. As much as it aggravates you guys, it aggravates me as well. Um, I appreciate everybody who's made the switch again to this point. Uh, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're downloading. Make sure you're leaving those ratings and reviews, please, and thank you. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.